Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean O' Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. We have a lot of emotions flowing through the month of October. We had World Mental Health Day this month. We had Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month and Pregnancy and Infant Loss Day of Remembrance just this last week. Thanks to all of you who listened to the podcast, particularly this month, particularly this month, because we were literally coping together. Um, I went IG live with Dr. Jessica Daigle on Pregnancy and Infant Loss Day of Remembrance. The recap of it is posted on my Instagram page. So go and watch it. It's powerful to let all of your emotions out and discuss these beautiful human beings we once carried. So I invite you to heal with us. So since we've been uh, on so many emotional journeys this month, I thought we could switch it up and talk about something a little less emotional. And that is kick counts. So kick counts are fetal movements or the baby's movements felt by you, mom, and a way to monitor for a baby's well-being. By 20 to 22 weeks, most women have felt their babies move at least occasionally, but for some, it might take up to 24 weeks. Now, although women can feel movement, we don't typically encourage you to do actual kick counts or count the number of movements you feel until the third trimester, usually 28 to 32 weeks. Somewhere in that realm is when your OBGYN will counsel you and tell you to start doing kick counts. A healthy baby using kicks, meaning rollover, kick, feeling flutters, those all count too, 10 times in an hour. But if you don't feel that, don't panic because it could mean that your baby is just not active at those times. Feeling fewer kick counts doesn't necessarily mean something is wrong. It just might take a little bit longer for your baby to be active. Babies like you and I have different sleep-wake cycles. So they're not going to be active all the time. Nobody's always on 10. Everybody has to sleep sometimes. They've got to sleep at some point. And babies sleep very often throughout the day. So here's a way that you should be counting your baby's kick counts. One, I always tell patients to choose a time when you are least distracted and when you typically feel your baby move, right? So if you're like, I feel my baby move all the time after lunch and before I go to sleep, then that's when you should be doing kick counts. If you're like, I never feel my baby move at 10 a.m., don't expect your baby all of a sudden to move because you want to do kick counts that day. No, you do kick counts when you typically feel your baby move. So monitor those movements during the pregnancy Before the third trimester. So when we tell you to start doing kick counts, you know the times that you should start incorporating them. Next, get comfortable. Lie on your left side or sit with your feet propped up 
and see if you can feel your baby move then. Place your hands on your belly and actually see if you feel the baby move. Start a timer or watch the clock so you know how much time has gone by. And then you count each of your baby's kicks. Keep counting until you get to 10. And once you reach 10 kicks, then jot down how many minutes it took you to get to 10. Okay. Now, if you feel your baby move 10 times in one minute, then you don't have to do any more counting. Okay. If your baby's been active all day, then maybe you shouldn't be doing kick counts. But if you're somebody that's really busy, like you're not even thinking about your baby moving or not because you are like on your computer, you're working on projects all day. Those are people, busy, busy people, or especially the people that I tell do kick counts. My, you know, people that are teachers that are busy during the day, people that are, you know, working long hours, 12 hour shifts, um, doctors, nurses, attorneys, you know, people that are literally on the grind all day. So if you're busy, a waiter or waitress, you're on your feet and moving all day. If your baby's, you know, kicking really hard, you may be paying attention, but sometimes it's very, very easy to be in the zone when you're busy and just not pay attention to whether or not your baby's move. So those people I tell, Hey, literally pick a time, count your baby's kick counts twice a day and see how many times you can feel the baby move in an hour and you should get to 10. Now it's common for pregnant people to notice more movement after they've eaten a meal. This is because you have an increase in sugar or glucose in your bloodstream. That glucose crosses the placenta and gets the baby all amped up. And then others may notice more movement in the evenings when their babies are going to bed. Babies tend to be more active at night. And experts believe that this might be because your movements during the day help rock them to sleep in the womb. Obviously, that's not proven. I always say, yeah, you probably feel your baby more active during the night because you're trying to go to sleep at that time. You're more relaxed. And so you're, you're more likely to pay attention to it. And it's the most subtle movements can bother you and cause you not to get a good night's sleep. So of course, you're going to feel your baby move more when you're being still and you're trying to relax than if you were busy all day long. All right. So now that you know a little bit more about kick counts, let's go to some cases. Our first case is a 26-year-old who is 24 weeks pregnant with her first child. She has diabetes managed on an insulin pump. She has heard that diabetics have a higher risk of miscarriage and stillbirth. So she's concerned that she hasn't felt her baby move yet. She was referred for an ultrasound and consultation. A couple of things. Some people get really paranoid about these kick counts. And yes, by 24 weeks, you should feel your baby moving, but it should be inter intermittently moving. And sometimes, especially with your first baby, you may not know what movement is. Movement early in pregnancy may feel like just flutters. Okay. Like you feel like a little wispy sensation in the uterus or in your belly. Some people say they feel gassy, like, oh, I feel like if I had cramping with diarrhea and I feel my bowels moving faster, you know, that's what I feel. That's baby movement. Um, some people may, um, somebody explained it as like the sensation of bubbles bursting, like little, like just a little bubbles, like pops in their insides. That's the baby moving. So all of those count as moving. But, you know, I can definitely say when I was pregnant with Harrison, I don't know if I felt regular movement until probably like 26 weeks. Like I knew that he was there because I could put a probe on myself and see him moving, but watching him move and correlating that with what it felt like was very subtle. Like I had to literally focus and say, okay, I see his foot moving. Oh, that's what that feels like. And sometimes you may need to 
um, get an ultrasound, which is probably why your provider sent you for one to get that coordination of, hey, do you see the baby moving? What do you feel? That is what movement feels like because this is your first pregnancy. You may not know what movement feels like. Now, the further you get along in pregnancy, you will feel bigger suggested movements. Okay, you feel like a punch or a pounding inside of there because the baby is moving. But um, but this early it's going to feel very subtle, very gentle movements is what you should expect. The other piece I want to remind you, 24 weeks. Yes, we want you to feel movement by that time. But some people have that extra layer. So if you have an anterior placenta, the placenta is the afterbirth. The afterbirth gives the baby nutrients and blood flow during the pregnancy. If that's on the front side of your uterus, it's also a barrier between your baby and you, okay? Meaning the actual receptors on your uterus that that tells you you have movement because you have a little cushion there. So people that have anterior, an anterior placenta will likely feel movement a little bit later in the pregnancy than somebody that has a posterior placenta or placenta on the backside. So I wouldn't be too concerned because you're right at 24 weeks. I do agree that you need an ultrasound to make sure that we see movement and to also see what you feel. Like when we see movement, see how you feel it. Okay. But um, I wouldn't be alarmed right now. Now you said that you are diabetic and you are on an insulin pump. Um, yes, you're right. Diabetics do have a higher risk of miscarriage and stillbirth. We talked about that last week on the podcast, but if your diabetes is well controlled, then your risk goes down to somebody that doesn't have diabetes. So the most important thing from here going forward is to make sure that your diabetes is really well controlled on your insulin pump. And if it's not, then you talk to your OBGYN, your maternal fetal medicine specialist, or your endocrinologist, whoever's managing that about adjusting your insulin pump settings very regularly. Okay. So for me, I am seeing a diabetic's finger stick log, meaning them checking their finger stick levels fasting and after meals every week. Okay. And if, if you're very uncontrolled, then I would tell you to send them to me twice a week so that I can aggressively adjust you during the pregnancy. So make sure that your OBGYN, whoever's following your diabetes is adjusting you and looking at your fingers at least once a week to tell you you're well-controlled. And you know that gives you peace of mind. If your diabetes is controlled, you are less likely to have a stillbirth, okay? Um, So just being a diabetic is not going to raise your risk of a stillbirth astronomically unless you are uncontrolled. And okay, the key word is uncontrolled there, not just because you have diabetes. So so hopefully your hemoglobin A1C was at 6%, when you got pregnant or at least less than 7% and your fastings are less than 95. So 70 to 95 milligrams per deciliter. And then one hour after meals, it should be less than 140. If you have a continuous glucose monitor, which a lot of my type one diabetics do have, they say, well, I don't check a one hour. I don't check anything because I have a continuous glucose monitor. Well, you, you can tell what time you ate. If you ate at noon, I mean, you finish your meal at noon, Look to see what it was, what your continuous glucose monitor read an hour later. Okay. I'm not asking you to check an extra finger stick. Just go into your Dexcom meter or whatever type of meter you use and pull what that one hour value is so that you can make sure that you are controlled. Um, in pregnancy, we don't care as much about the pre-meal finger sticks as the post ones. The only pre-meal finger stick we care about is the fasting when you first wake up before you eat or drink anything. And then one or two hours after meals, depending on your preference. So if you are well-controlled, rest assured that your risk of stillbirth is very low. Um, But I would agree to uh, do the ultrasounds to make sure that 
you can feel movement. But in terms of kick counts, you're not really doing kick counts. Remember, we said we're not doing kick counts until the third trimester, which is the case pearl. Regular kick counts should not be done until the third trimester. And that's because the amount of movement a baby does before that is not correlated with fetal well-being. Okay. You can't count reliably on a kick count until the third trimester after 28 weeks. Some people would even recommend after 32 weeks that you start kick counts. So let's not jump the gun. Let's just take it one step at a time. Get the ultrasound. Make sure the baby's okay. Make sure you can feel movement while they see movement. And then you go from there. So any movement during the day before the third trimester is good. Doesn't have to be, a, 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 there's not a minimum number of, of kick counts of, of movement that you should feel before that point. All right, medical intern, what's our second case? This one is an email question and it says, Dr. Plenty, I'm 33 weeks pregnant and have no medical problems. My OBGYN told me to do kick counts twice a day, but what should I do if I don't feel my baby move? 33 weeks is a prime time for you to do kick counts. So everybody should be doing kick counts by 32 weeks. And you should feel your baby move 10 times in an hour. And if you don't feel your baby move during the times you usually feel your baby move, then I tell my patients to do a couple of things. One, if you feel no movement, then you need to go to the hospital. Okay. But if you feel some movement, try moving around yourself. Okay. Get your baby active. You move around, take a walk, see if that gets your baby to move. Drink something sweet. Even if you're a diabetic, I tell you to drink something sweet um, and then lay on your side to see if that can amp the baby up and have the baby moving. Eat a meal. You can't expect this baby to be moving around if you're starving, mom. People like come in, come in clinic for a one o'clock appointment and they haven't eaten breakfast or lunch and then they're surprised that we have to put them on the monitor for prolonged monitoring because their baby's not practice breathing. Well, it's because you're not eating. You got to give that baby some nutrients. So make sure you're eating regular meals or a snack if it's time for a snack. And then lay on your left side. This maximizes blood flow because it tilts the uterus off of what's called your inferior vena cava, which is a big vessel that carries blood back to the heart from the bottom part of the body. Okay. You can play music, um, put music on your belly. Um, you can try shifting a rock in the belly. Don't hit your belly, but just pressing on, on your belly to try to see if you can feel the baby that can help. And I always tell people chew on ice because the vibration from you chewing can also uh, awake the baby. If you've done all those things and you don't feel this baby moving as a reaction to that, go to the hospital. Okay. That's what you do. Okay. Less than 10 movements in two hours, go to the hospital, no movement within that hour, go to the hospital. Okay. Especially if you have some risk factors like uh, medical problems that are uncontrolled go to the hospital. It can't hurt to get checked out. The worst case scenario is you go to the hospital, they put you on the monitor, you can't feel the baby move. And then, then you start feeling the baby move. Okay. So worst case scenario is you waste your time. The baby's fine. Okay. So don't, don't guess, just go to the hospital. I've seen people that did not feel their baby move. And then they're like, I have a doctor's appointment in two days. So I'm just going to wait till my doctor's appointment. And then we're like, when's the last time you felt your baby move? Two days. And then you have a stillbirth. So it's important to do the kick counts twice a day. If you felt your baby move at the beginning of the day and your baby's not as active at the end of the day and you've done all those things, go to the hospital. Do not wait until your next appointment to go because you don't feel like bothering anybody. That That is the point of us being there is to make sure you're safe. That's why there's a triage, OB triage or an OBER because we've got to put you on the monitor and make sure that this baby's safe. And it's not a waste of time. We're not getting mad if... 
your baby's moving or you feel your baby moving while you're in the waiting room, that doesn't upset us. We're still going to put you on the monitor to make sure everything's okay because it's better to be safe at the moment than sorry two or three days later and you wish you had gone to the hospital. So never feel like you're a burden. Always go into the hospital so that we can keep a close eye on you. All right, medical intern, do we have any other email cases or questions? Yes. This one says, do babies start moving less before delivery late in the third trimester? I'm 38 weeks pregnant and feel my baby shift around, but don't feel as many kicks as I usually do. Okay. So this is a straight up myth. So people are like, oh, you're going to feel your baby move less because the baby has less room. No, you're going to feel, you may feel less like actual punches or kicks because the baby's in the fetal position, usually head down with their legs tucked in and the arms tucked in. They're ready to come out, you know, smuggle their way out of there, right? But you're not going to feel less movement. You may feel less big kicks, but you still should feel body shifts, head movement, arm movement. That is a sign of fetal well-being. And if you don't feel that, you do need to go to the hospital if you're not, if you're not, um, getting the 10 movements in an hour. Okay. Or if you did all those things I discussed in the previous question and you don't feel your baby move 10 times in two hours, you gotta, you gotta go. Okay. It never hurts to get checked out, but body shifts count. Okay. Let's go back. Hiccups that counts. That's actually a really good sign. You feel hiccups in your baby. That is movement. And that counts. That is practice breathing. And we love it. When we see that on a monitor, that counts as practice breathing for us. We love it. And that's a sign that your baby's doing great. Okay. So hiccups. Um, if you feel an actual foot or arm, that counts. Body shifts. That counts. You felt your baby roll over. That took a lot of movement to roll over. You try rolling over in bed. That took a lot of strength to roll over. Okay. So your baby rolls over. That counts. Okay. Your baby jumping in the womb, that counts. The body shifting, not without a rollover, that counts too. So any movement you feel inside counts. It doesn't have to be an actual, oh, a foot kick. Oh, I feel kick. Oh, there's a kick, but I feel body shift. So that doesn't count. No, no, no. All of that counts. Body movements, body shifts, all of that counts. Okay. So it sounds like for a 38 weeker, you're saying you feel the baby's body shifts and body move around. Well, that's good. That means that your baby is doing fantastic, okay? And at 38 weeks, you should be having weekly appointments with your OBGYN's office, and they are getting heart tones at least uh, while you're in the office, and those heart tones should be between 120 to 160 beats a minute. And depending on your age, which I don't know, uh, if you have no medical problems and you're under age 35, they may not be putting you on the monitor to listen to the baby's heartbeat for a prolonged period of time. But if you're over 35 or you have any medical problems, you probably are getting at what's called a non-stress test, which is when they put you on the monitor to listen to the baby's heartbeat for about 20 to 30 minutes um, to make sure that that's okay. So that is also reassuring. And sometimes during the monitor, we can hear the baby shift. We can hear the baby move, um, which is a, a sign of great well-being. So you're 38 weeks. You're almost to the end. Best of luck with the, with the delivery because guess what? You're about to have a new baby in your house in less than two weeks. All right, medical intern, is that all of our questions today? And she's shaking her head. Yes. So thanks so much, you guys, for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast. I hope that you've learned more about kid counts. And if you've enjoyed the show, make sure to share with your friends, rate and comment. 
If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Feel free to check out the YouTube channel for more quick talks about pregnancy complications and the website drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Have an amazing week. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.